God bless you. Before we take our seats, I want us to take our Bible affirmation. Just repeat this after me. This is my Bible. This God internet and a changing world. This is my most valuable earthly possession. A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I had this voice in my heart that I might not sin against God. The Bible is God talking to me personally. I therefore listen to it carefully and do it fully. And I internalize it in my life by doing these four things. I know it in my head by diligent study. Store it in my head by meditation and meditation. Show it in my life by doing it teachings. And show it in my word by being a witness. Hereafter, I will never be the same. Never, never, never. The name of Jesus, for his honor and glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. Our Father, we thank you this evening. Thank you. It's a time to share your word. Thank you because the entrance of your word giveth life and give understanding to the simple. As your word be coming forth this evening, Lord, let there be clarity. Let there be receptive heart in your people. And grant them understanding of this word. And let them be able to run with this word. And make a difference in their life in Jesus' name. Grant unto your servant utterance this evening. Let me speak your word with clarity, Lord. Father, we thank you. At the end of this teaching, Lord, we have everything to glorify your holy name. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. You may be seated in God's presence. I want you to welcome your neighbor to this special midweek service. Thank you for being here. God bless you. I want to appreciate this now, Pastor. Thank you for this privilege and the entire pastorate. You know, it's a privilege I don't take for granted. Anytime I stand here, I know that God has something to say to his people. And I believe that whatever God is speaking to you this evening, God will grant you the grace to put them into use in Jesus' name. You know, it's a special midweek service. This is our spiritual emphasis month. And we're talking about evident grace. So the topic I'll be starting with is, this first session is going to be evident grace through labor. Evident grace through labor. Evident grace through labor. You know, it's a very important topic. And I'll be taking some tests before I begin to do justice to this topic. 
I have about four tests here. The main test, which is where the team for this year or the that evident grace taken from Act 11.23. I'll just read that one verse, Act 11.23. So, who when he came and has seen the grace of God, like we're told on Sunday, the grace of God can be seen, was glad and exhorted them all that with the purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. Proverbs 10.4, Proverbs 10.4. He said, he become a poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Proverbs 22, 29. Said that a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings, he shall not stand before mean men. And last text I read in is 1 Corinthians 15, 10. Say, but by the grace of God and what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. That's Apostle Paul speaking there. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So by way of introduction, I will just say that, uh, you know, there's nobody that's born poor. Neither is anyone born rich. You know, we all came to this earth stark naked. Is there anybody that, or have you seen anybody that was born that came with clothes or money or good when the person, he or she was born. Has anybody seen somebody like that? So what it means is that whatever I want to become in this life is a matter of choice. Whatever I want to become in this life is a matter of choice because we all arrive here naked. Nobody is born with every or silver spoon or with money in his or her hands. And the truth is that you don't need to be born into a rich family or in an influential cycle for you to be successful. Because everybody came to this world or comes to this world on the same level. It's a level playing ground. So I say you and I are the architect of whatever situation we find ourselves. In fact, life is a matter of choice. So it doesn't matter your current situation. So you can't blame anybody. Even though somebody may be responsive to the level of where you are currently. Maybe you can blame your parents, your brother, or somebody not sent you to school. But to remain at that level is your own choice. Are you with me? So it doesn't matter who is responsible for your current situation. But if you stay to remain on that situation at that same level, it's your choice. So I said, you cannot win in life if you are not laboring in something. So that's why we're looking at evident grace through labor. You know, in Psalm 1 verse 3, the later part said, Whatsoever he doeth, he shall prosper. And St. Proverbs said, in all labor there is profit. So what it means is that if you are not doing anything, there's nothing God can prosper. That's the truth. And one of the mistakes we make or people make as Christians, as believers, you know, we're talking about evident grace through labor. Some people have taken this grace to the extreme, to the extent that they believe that without doing anything, they can pray and God will answer them and bless them. You know, the era of manna drawing from heaven or dropping from heaven has passed. It's not something that you can expect to happen again. Even if it happens, it's one of so God must see something in your hands to prosper. 
whether you are entering a service or there's a product you are producing that you are bringing God's blessing upon. So that's why I'm looking at evident grace through labor. The grace of God will only be upon the work of your hands, what you are doing. So you must be doing something that God will bless or for you to pray for God's grace upon that thing. Are you hearing me? So if you are not doing anything, no matter your if you are doing night VG every day, you are praying every night, and there's nothing God wants to bless in your hands. It's just an empty prayer. So there must be something the person is laboring at. You know if something is working, somebody must be working it. That's the truth. I said there's no future for the idle man in the covenant. You have a choice between a hard work or a hard life. So you have to choose one that you want to be. You know, in uh, Psalm 27, verse 1, the Bible says, Said the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman wicked, but in vain. So this tells me that God can't bless you until you are busy working. Even Jesus himself said in John 15, 17, that my father worked, either do I work. So please, let's stop wishing, you know, you should start working. Nothing works until you work it. And there's dignity in labor. So if you are not working, you will not only become poor, you are signing in to die poor. May that not be a portion in Jesus' name. Tell your neighbor, if you are not working, nothing will work in your life. It's not a cause, you must be working. You know, that's why the Bible says, anyone that does not work should not. So if one goes to bless you, there must be something you must be doing. So I'll be looking at what does it take for us to enjoy God's grace in labor because that's the core of my message really because you know, there's some of us that are working truthfully, we are working hard. But you may not be seeing the result, but there might be certain things you need to do or put in place for you to begin to see the result. In Proverbs 14, 23, the Bible says, In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tended only to penury. So that's part of the fact that Proverbs 14, 23 says, In all labor there is profit. So why is it that some people are working? They are hard working, you know, but they are not enjoying, or they are not enjoying the blessing of their labor. Have you thought about that? There are a lot of people that are hard working. Because everybody that is hard working, that is enjoying the fruit of their labor, the blessing of God upon their life. Because beyond hard work, there's something God expects of us that will make the work in our hands to prosper. So if your work is not prospering, or it's not being blessed, or you are not enjoying God's grace upon that work, there's something that is lacking. And it's better to ask questions that get answers. So you need to ask yourself, why is it so? Why is it so? So that's why I'll be sharing with us about seven things that will help you to enjoy grace, God's grace in labor. Because beyond hard work, there are certain things that you must put in place. It's important. That must be in your life. That must be evident in your life for you to enjoy God's grace. You know, in my little journey of uh, working with people, I've been an employer of labor, and helping people too, the kind of business I do. You know, I've concluded that uh, I was discussing with somebody that came to my house, was it two weeks ago, we're sharing, I just, I just said that it's not everybody 
they are needed to be, they need to be helped. That's the truth. Some people don't deserve help. Because I've come to that conclusion. So even when you want to help people, you have to prayerfully help people. Because there are some people you help, you regret helping them. Maybe some of you have not been in that situation. I've been in that situation also. So some people don't desire help because there are certain things that even when you help them, the work will still not prosper in their hands. Because there's lack certain discipline that must be in place for God to prosper the work of their hands, for that to be evident grace in the work of, in the work of their hands. So I'm talking about seven of them. And the first thing I want to talk about is that you must learn to trust God and let him be your source. Because it's not sufficient to have something you are doing if you don't put your trust in God and God only and let God be your source. God is not obligated to bless that work. A lot of people are working but they are not seeing God as their trust. They believe. And that's why I'm talking about evident grace through labor. Even though hard work is good, beyond hard work, God expects you to learn to trust him and let him be your source. Quite a number of people believe God, but only a few people trust God in the work they are doing. And your trust must be totally dependent on God in that job, in that work. Not on your qualification, not on your certificate, not on your connection, not on people you know. But let God be your source. If God is your source, it's that same God that will sustain that work. Are you hearing me? You know, from that main test we read, and that's why that Act 11.23 is very key to me. Act 11.23 says, When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with God. That last part of it. You know, Paramba was encouraging them. He said they should, that with purpose of heart, they should cleave unto God. Because he has seen the grace of God upon their life, upon the work of their hands, upon what they do. You know, grace can be seen. If somebody's enjoying God's grace in that person's work, in that person's business or career, it will be evident. It's not something you can hide. If you're a man or woman of grace in your business, people will notice it. But what will sustain that business is that you should not let God, God be, be your source. Don't trust in any other person. You know, a lot, a lot of people, God has blessed them, but they lose that blessing because they go to the level whereby they believe that is their hard work, is their qualification. Is their certificate that have given them that opportunity to be blessed. They forget that a lot of people have good certificate, a lot of people have good qualification, but they are not enjoying God's bless upon their work. So once you remove God as the source of your wealth, source of your labor, of the grace of God upon your life, you have lost it. And Apostle Paul understood this thing very well. That's why in 1 Corinthians 15:10 that we read, Apostle Paul said that even though he labored more than all other apostles, you can see it in his, in his work. He said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labor more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. This is all that understood the power of the grace of God. Apostle Paul, you know, even though he did not meet Jesus physically, he was not, one of the, he was not part of the initial 12 apostles. But because of his labor, 
his hard work. He achieved more than other apostles combined. He alone wrote more than half of the New Testament. You know that. But for him to even recognize the grace of God, despite his hard work, you can see the importance of grace. It's not that I said that his grace is sufficient for me. So for you as a believer, when God is blessing the work of your hands, please never neglect God as your source. If you want to enjoy God's grace, abundant grace on that business, in that career, whatever you are doing, let God be your main source. Don't depend on human being. Don't depend on human being. Because in Jeremiah, we can see that in Jeremiah 17, 7, he said, Blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. The same Jeremiah 17, 5 said, Thus said the Lord, Cause be the man that trusted in man, and make flesh his arm, whose heart departed from the Lord. So my beloved brother and sister, trusting God is your highway to continue to enjoy his grace in the work of your hands. Trusting God. Trusting God. Never underrate the power, the place of God in whatever achievement or whatever you have achieved in life. And that's why God hates pride. Because God respects the proud, the pride, and give it grace to the humble. So no matter your achievement, recognize the place of God in it. The number two thing I want to talk about is faithfulness. It's essential. I'll be taking my test from Luke 16, 12. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. A lot of people are finding because to enjoy God's blessing, God's grace upon the labor or the work of their hands because they lack faithfulness. Luke 16, 12. And I said, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's own, who shall give to you which is your own? If you have not been faithful in another man's own, who shall give you that which is your own? A lot of people have worked under people before, their employees, under employers, but they've mismanaged resources. And when it's time for them to start their own, they cannot enjoy God's grace unless they ask for God's mercy because of the way they've handled another person soon. If you have not been faithful in another person's own, God cannot commit that which is your own into your hands. In that same Luke 16, verse 10, it says, if you have not been unjust in little, who can give you great things? So faithfulness is very key. It doesn't matter how little that exercise is. If you have been given an assignment, please be faithful to it. If you want God's grace to be in the work of your hands. I know it's very important because these are part of what I've experienced. You know, I myself, I'm not surprised what God is doing in the work I'm doing now because, you know, I've been employee working for people for almost 20 years. We know how we handle other people's job, you know, as if it was our own. The way we handle other person's work is very key. It's important. I remember there was a time I was trying to look for a job. You know, one big uh, church like that, they were looking for someone to come ahead, they audit. Exactly, when I went for the interview, I even knew the HR manager. They were conducting interviews then. I know one thing why I did not take that job. I told them when they said that that job required me to be working on Sunday, even though it's a church-based organization, they're going to give me official car, give me driver, and all those things. I just told that lady I can't do it because 
how will I explain it? You know, coming to church, and we're going to search, I mean, another church on Sunday to worship. You may say that, ah, that means uh, you are, maybe you didn't need that job or what. I needed that job that time. But I know God was preparing something greater for me. You know, that's where God sees our hearts. If you are not be faithful in another master, including God's own, including God's business, if you are working in the house of God, if you are not faithful in it, God cannot commit you all into your hands. It's a simple principle. It's a biblical, both physical and law and spiritual law. So let's learn to be faithful in whatever assignment God has come to your hand. Whether it's this church assignment where you are serving, or in another person's assignment, you are an employee. God cannot commit you. You know, by virtue of my profession, I work more of an auditor in those days. You see, the kind of attrition, I mean, the kind of uh, attrition people commit in the office place, you know. You will see some people, they'll be stealing money openly. There was a day we caught somebody, I was, we, I was auditor in Silver Best Nima then. The guy took a whole 50,000 naira. So after he was caught, he said, I know you are going to sack me, but I needed this money. I had to take it. Of course, he was sacked, but you can see his attitude. He has prepared, he has prepared himself for sack. So how can that person, by the time he started, so how do you expect that person to sustain that business? And so many times, we even test people with little baiting, you know. In the bank in those days, you know, if you want to become a cashier, one of the tests we do for you is baiting test. You know, we add some money to the money for you to count. We can put extra 1,000 into a pack of uh, 100,000, I mean 1,000 notes for you to count. We just give you 24 hours whether you return that extra 1,000. A lot of people fail that test. You will not return the money, the extra money. But after 24 hours, the person will be sad because that means you are not fit to be in the bank or to work as a cashier. You cannot disclose overage of 1,000. Most of them didn't know that it was a big test. But once they fail that test, they love that job. And some of them were even Christians too. So God always tests us with little things. If you are not being faithful in that little ones, he cannot commit great resources into your hands. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. So faithfulness is very key. If you want God's grace to be evident in the work of your hands. So no matter how you labor, how you work hard, if you are not a faithful person, and faithfulness includes God's work. So people are not faithful in tithing, and they want God to bless that work. It's not possible. And number three, I said creativity is a must. Creativity. I say hard work cannot take you five. You are not creative on the job. Creativity is very key. You know, there's a book recently, I mean, Matthew Ashmolo wrote a book recently, he called it Creative Edge. Creative Edge. You know, if you can get that book, it's a very powerful book, Creative Edge. It's a very small book, you can read it in, but it's a very powerful book that you can keep contacting. Creative Edge, that's the title of that book. Because creativity enhances your productivity on the job. As a child of God, God has given us the Holy Spirit, really. We don't have any reason to be creative on our job. Just engage the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Because divine wisdom is, divine wisdom is what releases creative ability to your mentality. I know that's why I enjoy praying tongues a lot, too, because most of the divine idea God will give me, even on my job. You know, one of the things I learned when I used to work with one company in those days, there were a lot of things were happening in that company, so many issues. Just gave me a strategy, you know. Where before I entered that company as big 
forget that company. The first person was sacked, second person was sacked, third person was sacked. So I was the only person remaining. And God gave me a strategy that I have to be praying turn one hour every day before getting to office. It's not as easy to seven to eight. I'll be on Tobinland Bridge. I'll be speaking in tongues for one hour. I did it for one year. The last person that was sacked, the, the, I mean, the longest the person anybody stay on that job was six months. But me, I stayed there for two years. I resigned on my own. No. They were even begging me to wait. But when I saw the way things were going, I had to leave for my professional integrity. Where am I going? God has a strategy for you to solve any problem. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And I've learned it even in my current job now that when I'm going to office, I don't do anything. It's praying tongue. It takes me average of 30 to 45 minutes because I must pray in tongues to get to the office. Now, time to be in the night, God give me an idea. You know, my staff will be wondering that. I will send a message to them, to the WhatsApp group, maybe in the middle of the night. Let's do this, let's do this. One call me, oh, God, are you not sleeping at all? Why is there always send a message in the night? <laughs> I said, if I don't send it, I may forget. When the idea just dropped, I will send it. So we are children of the Most High God. We have the Holy Spirit in us. If you want to be creative, you must learn to use the power of the Holy Spirit. Because on that job, on that business you are doing, there is always divine idea or creative idea on how to go about it. But one of the instruments God will use, God will use for you is the instrument of the Holy Spirit. We are talking about everything grace through labor. You can imagine if you are creative on your job, on your business, on your career. Even as an employee, you always be excelling in that business or in that career. That's the secret. And people will see the grace of God upon your life. Creativity is very key. You know, Second Peter wants to say, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And number four, I said there's always a waiting time. And this is where a lot of believers miss it. There's always a waiting time. You know, God has process for everything. Hebrews 16, 13 to 15. That's the key verse I want to read there. Hebrews 16, 13 to 15. He said, If one God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself, saying, sure bless, Surely blessing, I will bless thee, and multiply, I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. God swore to Abraham, yet he needed patience to obtain that promise. To enjoy God's grace in labor, you must learn the virtue of patience. I said God's blessing of prosperity is not a magic one. It is an adventure of faith. That's why I said Abraham, after he had patiently endured. You know some people, because of this lack of patience, they will miss their miracle or they are blessing at the edge of their breakthrough. But you say, if God wants to do it, we'll have done it. But no Christianity is the journey of faith. And if you are not a patient person, it's one of the virtues that you must possess as a child of God. In Habakkuk 2 3, it says, God said, Every vision is for an appointed time. So though it tarries, wait for it. It will surely come, it shall not tarry. I know it's because of lack of this virtue of patience that you see a lot of rich schemes. You know, people have been defrauded because of they want to get rich quickly. I know it's happening every day, every time, so I'm always wondering, how are people always falling victim? Because people are so gullible, they want, nobody wants to go through labor, process, or hard work to achieve results. And people are losing money every day. The other day, one guy went with over 20 billion of people. I was paid 10% every month as interest. 
And people believe the guy. And it's still happening seriously. In the office where I work, you know, somebody on top of our office there went with about one billion of people's money because it was paying 15% every three weeks for them. And I told them then that this thing will not last. When the guy wanted to disappear overnight, he didn't even show up the following day. He left the office furniture, everything, the AC. Of course, one billion is more than what he left. So at the end of the day, he disappeared. His phone was not going again. Because people have not learned the virtue of patience. If you're a hard-working person, you are laboring. Don't expect you to arrive overnight. There's a process involved. And if you are not a patient person, you will fall victim of all this quick rich scheme. You don't know how many requests I get every day. You know, somebody will send a message to me that uh, because of your position, I want you to help us package this thing. You don't want to bring out uh, one, two billion from CBN. We share it uh, 30, 30. You give you this. I'll just laugh because even though they are genuine, one of them are genuine, they'll get that money out. But at the end of the day, when there's a problem, it's your account that they used to launder that money. You'll be the one that'll be in trouble. Because I talking to a very close friend of mine recently during the era of uh, this subsidy fraud. They used his account to launder subsidy money in billions. At the end of the day, when EFCC came, they arrested his wife, arrested him. The people that I shared with the money with, they've disappeared. Of course, they will deny you because it's your account you, they used. Because of that stress, of that issue, the wife died. A year after the man died. Promising young guy. So don't put your hands into all this quick risk scheme. Because at the end of the day, it's because people are not ready to be patient, to wait for God's blessing. That they will allow themselves to be used. All those kind of opportunities will come every day. You see people bringing them to you, bring their debt to you, to want to loan that money through your account. And it's very common now that CBN has, is on track, you know, CBN is trying to track all these politicians now. A lot of them are looking for where to loan their money. But some of them still bury a lot of cash in billions in their house. So they are looking for which account to pass it through. So please don't be victim of this rich, rich syndrome. Because at the end of the day, when the problem on the bubble burst, you may, not be able, you may not be alive to tell the story. May that not be a portion in Jesus' name. Number five, said divine instruction is needed to gain speed. You know, the story I want to share with us is in Luke 5, the story of Peter. Luke 5, 4 to 5. Now, when he had less speaking, he said, He unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all night, I have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the, the net. I said, What brings grace into your labor is nevertheless at thy word. I said, it is the instruction you obey that determines your worth in life. So to make small impact in your business, in that labor, in that career, you must learn to respond to God's word. Take instruction from God. It's important. In Deuteronomy 28.1, say, If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, 
which I commanded this day, that the Lord our God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. So divine instruction is very key for you to gain speed in life. And something that as a Christian, as a believer, I've talked about Holy Spirit before, but it's important, let's be student of the world. God always have an instruction for you if you are a very conversant student with the word of God. Because you can't go find life without instruction. You are just one instruction to your next level. So let's learn to obey God's instruction. When you have a challenge in that business, in that career, what you are doing, ask God, what is the next thing to do? What is the next thing to do? What is the next thing to do? God will always speak. And number six, I say, giving is not negotiable. Giving is living. If you are not a giver, you cannot sustain wealth. Ecclesiastes 11, 1 says, Cast that bed upon water, for thou shalt find it after many days. And the truth is that if you are not a tighter, you cannot ask for God's grace in that your business, in that career. As a child of God, let's learn that one fact. Kingdom promotion giving is very important. You know, one of the secrets God gave me early in the year when I was filling the expectation form, it was so funny. And I've seen the result in the first one year of the one week of the year. God said, Don't put any, don't ask anything for yourself. Oh. Put there what you want to do for me. But because I've never done that before, I began to think, what can I do for God? At the end of the day, I realized that I wrote about eight items. What I can do for God. You know, like the former American president said, don't ask what America will do for you. Ask what you will do for... If you had that habit where we focus on what we can do for God, some of you may not even put, maybe you don't even put so winning part of your expectation for this year. Because what you don't plan for, you don't get the result to. Some of you may not even think of what you want to give for kingdom projects. It's a simple secret. If your focus is what you want to do for God, you will see how God will bless you. You say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and the church, and all these other things shall be added to you. It's a very powerful secret. But let God lead you. It's very important. Don't follow my strategy. Give to the prophet or pastors. Give to your parents. Give to the poor. It's very important. Some of you, you budget what you want to spend your money for the year. You don't even put a budget for God's kingdom. The pastors over your life, the poor around you, it might be a secret to enjoy God's grace on that labor. The Lord will give you understanding in Jesus' name. Some people are looking at me, the money is not enough, Abby. You want to give to others. But trust God for it. And lastly, thanksgiving is fatter. I said to be thankful is to be fruitful. And to be thankless is to be fruitless. Until you become thankful, you don't become fruitful. You can look at Psalm 67, 5 to 7 because of time. So in conclusion, I will say that labor takes a lot of commitment and sacrifice on your part. So this year, you must all be deliberate. Not just to labor, but labor in what God's have planned in for you for. And that's why you have to be a student of the world. You have to learn Holy Spirit. Let Holy Spirit be your guidance. So that whatever you are laboring in, be sure that God has hand in it. And you see evident grace in that labor in Jesus' name. I want you to bow down your heads. Because of time, let me stop there. I want you to talk to God because a lot of us, you know, you need this message early in the year for you to know that it is God 
blessing that make her rich without adding sorrow. So ask God to be your partner in that business. Tell God that whatever he tells you to do, you will do it. Like Mary mother told the disciple, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. No, Jesus just gave Peter one instruction and that ended the night of toiling for him. What you need in this is God. Talk to God. Ask God to help you this year. You can't do it of your own. You can't do it by your own effort. Hard work is good, but you need the Spirit of God. You need God in that business to give you speed, to give you direction, to give you instruction on what to do. Talk to God. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. So before I leave, or before we pray, finally, I want to know if there's any question. Because some of you may be asking something that are bothering you concerning this particular message. I want to answer one or two questions. Any question, please? Anybody? Any question? Don't be ashamed of any. You can ask any question. It doesn't matter. Answers are given to those that ask questions. Okay, I believe the message is quite clear. I want us to rise on our feet. You know, no matter how hard somebody work, if there's no grace of God upon that work, it will be a fruitless effort. And one of the prayers you can pray is that God, in this work I'm doing, because the Bible says, whatsoever he doeth, he shall prosper. So if that work is not, if you are not prospering in that work, you know, it might be God wants to give you a direction. One of the things God said this year is that he's going to do that, which I forgot to say at the initial stage. I wanted to say that when I was, one of the things God is going to do this year is that people that can partner with him in that work, in that business you are doing, you see how God is going to, God is going to do a lot of, there will be a lot of wealth transfer this year. There will be a lot of wealth transfer. Just mark it. As long as you are ready to partner with God. Because God will be making a lot of demand in partnership with him. If you make God your focus, you'll be amazed. It doesn't take God 24 hours to bless a man. God can change a man's truly 24 hours. But if you make up your mind that I want to partner with God, that you will be a regular tighter this year. You will not miss your tight. If you are a kingdom financial person, you will be regular in it. There are a lot of projects God wants to do in the church this year. You must be ready to be partner with God this year. Partner with God this year. If you are ready to partner with God, God is ready to cause a change of story in your life in Jesus' name. Another thing I want to say is the fact that as you begin to pray, some of you may be that God wants to start a new business entirely. God may want you to start a new business entirely because God can do it to change your story. At least I've seen it in my life, in my family. It just last year, I started, I mean, two years ago, I started a new business and that's what God has done. So God can make you to start entirely, start your life. You know how to sell my bakery, sell the equipment. When God said, this is the way to go. So one of the things God wants to do this year is that God will give you definite instruction on what he wants you to do. Please, one of the mistake you can make is that to say that because I've been in that business for years, I don't want to let go. You should be humble. You know, if God is speaking to you, start a new business this year. It doesn't matter. As long as God is speaking, please be ready to take that decision. If God speaks, God will back you up. 
But what I want you to tell, talk to God this evening is that God, in this job I'm doing, whatever job you lay in my hands to do, Lord, let your grace be evident in that business. Let your grace, you know. They said when he saw the grace of God upon their lives, the grace of God was seen. Let your grace be evident in this work, in this business I want to do, or the one I'm already doing this year. When there's a grace of God upon it, everybody will see it. It will be evident to every... That's why I call it evident grace. If it's there, you yourself will know. People around you will know because the blessing will not be for you alone. He told Abraham, I will bless you and make you a blessing. God wants you to be a blessing unto others. Blessing to his kingdom. Blessing to his kingdom. Talk to God. This year, Lord, let that be evident grace in the work of my hands. Let that be evident grace, whatever I do. Let that be evident grace in that business, in that career, whatever I'm pushing. Let that be evident grace. Talk to God. You need it. You need it in your business. Brethren, beyond hard work, you need that grace of God. A day of favor is more than one year of labor. Ask God for evident grace. Mention that business or whatever you want to go into, mention it to God, mention it to God. Ask God's breath to, upon it. Ask God to breathe upon it. Ask God favor, favor, God's favor upon it. Talk to God. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Let's be seated while all heads are bowed down. I don't know if you are here, you are not born again. You don't know Jesus. Or maybe you are watching online. You've, you've not at any point in time, you've not accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. You've not accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Just show by raising up your right hand. If you are there, just say this prayer after me. Or if you are watching online, Lord Jesus, I pray the fact that I'm a sinner. Forgive me my sin. I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior, Lord. Come into my life and write my name in the book of life. And grant me the grace, Lord, to begin to live a holy life. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. If you have prayed that prayer, after the service, you can see Pastor Fidelis if you are in the church. And if you are watching online, there are numbers there on the screen there. Send us an SMS. God bless you. Let us pray. Father, I commit your people into your hands, Lord. Lord, as they have prayed, Lord, I join my faith with them in the work of their hands or in the work they want to do or you are telling them to go and do now. Let your grace be evident in it in the name of Jesus. Let people around them know and of indeed that the grace of God is upon the work of, the, of their hands in the name of Jesus. As many people that is the same work you want them to do, but they are struggling in that work. Lord, we release God's favor upon it. Every obstacle to their success in that business, in that career, Lord, we remove it now in the name of Jesus. Let the ordinance of this be released. In Jesus' name, we have prayed.